0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out
1: faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. I am indeed honored to be with you and just honored to be connected um, and you know, I'm in a season in life right now, just to be totally transparent while you take your Bible to the book of Acts 20, uh, chapter 20. Um, I'm just in a season of life right now where, where I'm not able, honestly, to go to a, a, a bunch of new places. I, I, I run with people that I'm connected to that are of like spirit, because how many know it's not a time to waste time in the kingdom right now? And I just don't get to do that. I don't have the privilege. Devin and I have been married for 22 years. I have four ch- I had four children, uh, ages 21, 19, 17, and 16, and I uh, thought, you know, I had done my thing with all of the kids. And then 16 months ago, we adopted Genesis, Amaya Wallace, brought her home from the hospital. And Thought you know what? I've done my thing for the Lord and his kingdom and she is the apple of my eye She's the sweetest thing, but then she had an uncle Y'all think I'm kidding and I'm not a 14 year old girl gave birth to a baby girl We took that baby girl home and that 14 year old mother had a 28 year old mother who gave birth to her first child It was her 10th pregnancy. She had had nine abortions And the 14 year old girl told the 28 year old mama, if you'll have this baby, I know a family that will take it. Well, that's a little bit of pressure, amen. But Asher came into this world and now uncle Asher is her brother. This is the craziest thing of all time. And I'm gonna tell you right now, the church has made a lot of noise about abortion, but we ought to make a lot of noise about the spirit of adoption and life. Come on somebody. I believe we're called not just to identify problems, but how many know we're called to be a solution? Oh, I said we're called to be a solution. Look at your neighbor tell them, neighbor, you are an answer. You are an answer. We're not just waiting on an answer. We are becoming an answer because the Spirit of God on the inside of us is the solution for the darkness around us. Somebody say amen. So I'm incredibly honored to be here. I said all that to say, I just have not been able to take a lot of engagements that are new in this season. But when this engagement came, I made one phone call. I called the only Assembly of God preacher friend I have, Jim Rayley, And I said, what do you know about Faith Assembly? And Pastor Johnny, he said, get your tail on a plane and get there. And so I'm here because somebody loves you. And I'm here because God ordained me to be here. And I want to make an announcement as I get into this tonight god is exalted the devil is defeated and jesus is still lord if you believe that somebody shout amen hallelujah so let's jump into acts chapter 20 and i know that i I, mr sam i know i'm loud and i have a real deep crazy voice and I don't want to hurt anybody out there but if you'll just crank those two you'd be the best of all time I've preached five times in four days and uh, my voice needs your help so thank you so much what an amazing place what an amazing atmosphere how many know that the word of God is getting ready to be broken and when we break the bread of life how many know it's going to feed the hungry tonight somebody say amen in fact look at your neighbor i heard the lord whisper this to me in prayer yesterday as i was praying for you god said the first thing i want you to do is tell them that there is more i don't know if you believe that or not but i want you to tell your baptist neighbor right next to you there is more come on i know you've seen a lot i know you've heard a lot i know you've witnessed a lot but i want to tell you there is more of god hidden than has ever been revealed are stepping out of what has been into the more of God if you're ready to go into more somebody give him three claps and a shout right there come on more hallelujah hallelujah I know this is our first time getting to know each other you're already thinking my god he's uh, ADD and a bit too hyper for me it gets no better after this so enjoy this this is the absolute calmest I'll be the entire night hallelujah I heard some help. I heard some help. This is where it gets dangerous. When you get one or two people who know how to pull on you, it just comes out better and better. How many are going to pull on the word tonight? Hallelujah. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Let me go to a bizarre passage of scripture. How many like the the wild passages? This one is pretty cool. And uh, it's it's, uh, a challenging text. To make sense of unless you dive deep and we're going to go a bit deep into it tonight and see what's going on here. Acts 20 verse 7. I want to preach a message tonight called All In. I said All In. Uh Inform your neighbor, notify them before we even jump that we're going all the way in tonight. Uh Uh-huh, if they look at you funny, you might want to gather your things because God is looking for some people who are ready to go all in. Anybody ready to go all in? Come on, how many know Christianity doesn't work when God gets your leftovers? Christianity works when he gets all of you. Somebody shout all in. Oh, God, thank you. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. How many know that's a long sermon? And I'm going to tell you right now, there is a very fine line between a long sermon and a hostage situation. Very fine line, but we're getting ready to see where that line is. Amen. Verse 8, there were many, <laughs> there were many lamps. Say many lamps. Amen. There were many lamps in the upper room where, there were, where they were gathered together. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, embraced him and said, do not trouble yourselves for life is in him. Now when he had come up and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even to daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. That last phrase is a New King James way of saying joy got all up in the house. How many know when you don't have a little bit of comfort, you have a whole lot of comfort and you have a whole lot of consolation and joy. I wanna declare tonight as I ease into this message that when we leave tonight, we're not leaving with a little comfort, we're leaving with a lot of comfort. I need three or four people right over here and two or three people right over here to say amen. We're not leaving with a little bit of joy, we're leaving with a whole lot of joy. We're not leaving with a little bit of victory, we're leaving with a whole lot of victory. I'm not serving a little God on a little corner talking about little things, I serve El Shaddai. I said El Shaddai. He is not El Chipo. He is El Shaddai. How many know he's the God of all victory? Say Amen. So tonight let's pray. Come on Father help us as we break the bread of life. Give me the anointing to teach it and to preach it so that it has entrance into the hearts and the hearing of the people of God. There is someone in this room Lord you have assigned me to in Orlando. I may have come just for that one. May I be faithful to complete this assignment with integrity, with accuracy, and most importantly with your anointing that breaks the yoke off that life and sets the captive free. I thank you that scales of deception that are hiding the goodness of God are coming off tonight and that people on the outside wanting to come into the kingdom will have no more excuses for the king of glory is here. And I declare that the king is opening up the gate wide and tonight mercy will triumph over judgment in this house to the glory of God. And if you believe that and you agree with it, everyone say in Jesus Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give him one more shout of praise as you're seated in this room. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's not get down yet. Let's give him one more real good shout right there. Come on. Hallelujah. You can be seated. You can be seated. You can be seated. But you don't have to if you don't want to. Okay, let's go here. Acts chapter 20, the third missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. If you know the life of the Apostle, you recognize that he went on three missionary journeys in his life and in both of those first two missionary journeys he went into obscure places places that had been unreached, places that had not heard, places that had not experienced the grace of God, many of them Gentile places. And everywhere Paul went with the message of grace and the message of Jesus, it was either revival or riot. There was no in between, there was no middle road. Paul had a message and Paul had a mandate from Jesus to preach the gospel in all of the world. Not just to the Jews, but the audience had changed now for this apostle because God had opened a door of ministry opportunity to the Gentiles. And in every place Paul went, he planted churches and preached Jesus. Because the hope for a a nation, the hope for a community, the hope for a region is not that we just assemble another uh, group of social entity but it is that the ecclesia come on here the church the body of christ be established to declare on earth thy kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven how many know that god sent paul and understand that in those first two missionary journeys god sent paul and gave him a message and a mandate to establish the kingdom of god On this third missionary journey here in the 20th chapter of Acts, the Bible tells us that he is essentially going back through every city that he had planted a church. And he is making sure to reinforce the faith and strengthen and undergird the efforts of those local churches so that they continue to grow and become everything that God wanted them to be. How many know that it's important that the church remains strong? It's not just good to plan a church, start a church, launch a church. I want to tell you right now people don't remember you for how you begin. People remember you for how you cross the finish line. And what we've got to understand in the hour that we're living in right now is that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is in no place able to come into a place of weakness. We need churches that are full of faith, strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And this is what Paul is up to in this third missionary journey. He is coming back and he is reinforcing the faith of the church. And he's making sure that those that he birthed into the kingdom of God are still strong in the things of God. And so we come to this passage here in Acts chapter 20. And the Bible tells us that on the first day of the week, he came to them and the Bible says that he came to them near Troas and he begins to talk to the church. Now what you must understand is the text tells us that he knew he had to depart the next day. Everyone say the next day. Here's what I want you to understand about the window of opportunity of revelation that God lets us come into. That window of opportunity has an expiration date. You must understand that when God gives you the opportunity to step into awakening you don't just get to negotiate with your calendar and your time and well if it's convenient to me no you understand that time is the most precious commodity you possess and that as Leonard Ravenhill once said the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity paul was not going to be there forever paul was not going to be in the room with them with an unlimited amount of time he was leaving the next day and so people had to make arrangements people had to make adjustments people had to count themselves uh, uh, uh with right priority and not miss the poor of the apostle why am i saying this because when god decides to do something in our day we don't get the privilege of telling God we're too busy we have to find out what God is doing in our day and make whatever adjustment come on here family whatever adjustment is necessary must be made so that we do not miss the poor touch and tell the neighbor tell them don't miss the poor don't miss what God wants to say to you in this season. Don't think that you'll be able to go get other opportunities back. This opportunity that we're sitting in now, this opportunity that we're standing in now, for someone in this room is the opportunity of a lifetime. And I want to tell you that God is gracious. God is merciful. God will give you second chances. God will even help you to redeem lost time, but you will not Never regain lost opportunity. Well, I don't like him. He told me I could miss an opportunity. I told you that because I love you. We are living in a church culture in America today where Jesus gets our leftovers. I'm telling you right now that Jesus and what he wants to do in this hour and the thing he is pouring out in our generation is not something that you want to miss. You want to make sure that you prioritize your life around the pour of the Holy Spirit. And I am telling you we are living in the calendar of God. We are living in the day not of constriction, not of shrinking, not of walking back. We are in the day of moving forward and the apostolic anointing that God is releasing is propelling the church into his great future. Yeah. Paul comes by. Paul comes by. And he's not there long. He's only there for 24 hours. He's leaving the next day. And I want you to notice how they receive him. This is the first thing I want you to do. I want you to notice that in this, uh, this 20th chapter of Acts, I want you to see this message through the lens of the room that everything is happening in. This room in Acts chapter 20, Paul goes in and begins to pour. And the first thing I want you to see is that the people of God receive what God is saying through Paul. Touch somebody, tell them a spirit. Come on, talk to your neighbor. Wake them up. Say a spirit of receptivity. You will never get anything from God that you don't receive. In fact, God knows if you have a receiving posture, which is why some people never get the wine because God said, I love the wine too much to pour it out on people that don't know how to steward it. Wow. Paul is getting ready to pour it out. Uh huh. Paul is getting ready to pour it out and the room he's in has a spirit of receptivity. In fact, my man preaches a sermon till the sun sets. Now I'm just being real, y'all be over spiritual all you want, but you're going to have to be a really good preacher to keep me all night long. Come on, don't lie, you'll go to hell. How many know you've got to be a really, come on, you got to be a really good preacher to keep me in the room all night long. But I want you to see the hunger of the people. See, the Bible is clear in the prologue of John's gospel, the first chapter. The Bible said to as many as receive him. To, oh, somebody tell him, receive To as many as received Jesus, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God i'm gonna fix something in here that's going on in our generation because every now and then i get these people who come up to me and say, we are all god's children no everybody was created by god but only those who accept and receive his son have been given the power i need some help right over here have been given the power to become the sons and the daughters of god you do not get the Power to become sons and daughters of God simply by osmosis you don't come in and sit on a pew and become a son or daughter of God you come in and sit on a pew and open up your spirit and receive what God is doing and then power is released so that you can become and many people in the church do not have a spirit of receptivity they have a spirit of cynicism and skepticism I'm getting ready to preach right here Uh and they come in door checking us out and you are trying to put me in a box with every other scandal that's happened in christendom in the last five decades and i just want to make an announcement not everybody is funny with money and not everybody's got a secret lover at the red roof Inn. there are really people who love jesus and want the holy ghost and you need to quit looking at us through your lens of offense and you need to come in and say god my life is falling apart Receive the Holy Ghost to become everything he wants me to be. Somebody shout yes. It's a spirit of receptivity. Let me help you understand something. You want to help the pastor and the preachers out? Come in ready to soak in what God has poured into them. Receive. we got to learn how to host Come on, we got to learn how to take care of the glory of God. you, Oh, Jesus, let me teach here. How many ever had somebody knock on your door and you knew they were at the door knocking and you didn't answer? Come on, don't lie, you'll go to hell. Second time, I'm trying to help you tonight. you in the kitchen, and you looking at your ring uh, your ring thing on your phone. Oh, no, I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them. And you tell your kids, be quiet, get in the bathroom. Hush, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. I, I, they hear us. They're going to hear you. Don't say, nothing. don't say nothing. No, when Jesus knocks on the door of faith, what you've got to do is say, Lord, we've been waiting all week for this. We've been hungry for this. You are not in our way. God, you are not an interruption you are not taking up too much of our time we really do want Jesus to come I need to find some people who want Jesus to come I know some of y'all came to find a man some of y'all came to find a woman some of y'all came to find a her or it or whatever but I come to find Jesus if you ever come for him if you ever get the spirit of receptivity on your life he'll open up doors no man can shut he'll bless you coming in he'll bless you going out he'll bless you in the city he'll bless you in the field he'll save your children save your marriage save your business somebody shout if you want Jesus Spirit of receptivity ain 't nothing worse than coming to church and us having to put up with people who don 't want to be here Anybody went through enough hell all day long that when you got here, this is an oasis. this is where you get ready to be refreshed uh-huh. i 'm not coming acting like i 'm doing you a favor. I'm Because the devil tried to keep me out of Orlando and I decided I'm going anyway and when I get there if nobody helps me praise God I got a spirit of receptivity on me and I will not miss it touch three people I gotta move on but touch three people tell them don't miss it don't miss it don't miss it it's a room of receptivity How can we make this a room of receptivity? Very simple. You get a spirit of receptivity. It becomes a room of receptivity when you have a spirit of receptivity. Not only did they receive Paul, I want you to see this. This is not only a room of receptivity, it is a room of revelation. The Bible says, there were many Lamps in the room. (sighs) A lamp. Some of y'all don't know it, but you sat by a lamp. You know what a lamp is? A lamp has an oil reserve, a wick, and it will burn if if it ever comes into contact with fire. I was raised with a bunch of lamps. How many was raised? Anybody in here crazy enough to admit you was raised in old-fashioned Holy Ghost? I know some of y'all looking at me like, what are you talking about? I was raised with them crazy people. I remember one night, y'all, we had foot washing. We don't do this no more in the new church, but in the old church, every now and then we used to have foot washing. We was holy, so the women had to wash on one side and the men on the other. There was this lady in my church named Sister Pat. She was a lamp. She had hair down to the floor. And the woman of God was so gifted she could play the harmonica, the, the maracas, and the tambourine all at the same time. I'm not exaggerating. She had a head, a head holder for a harmonica, maracas in her left hand, and a tambourine in her right hand. And we got to sing and I fly away, it looked like this. And her hair would get down in front of her harmonica and it looked like cousin it playing a harmonica does anybody know who cousin it is one night we were having a foot washing touch somebody tell them lamps 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 one night we were having a foot washing and her teeth fell in the foot washing bowl the women this is a true story the women started screaming and the men thought it was the Holy Ghost breaking out and we went into a three night revival all because her teeth y'all don't hear what I'm telling you tonight why are you telling me this story because when I got called to preach they invited me to the prayer room they didn't put me in no pulpit and they didn't tell me how to dress cool what they said is if you're called to preach you're gonna have to learn how to pray and I would go to prayer meeting and I'd sit down between all these lamps and they start rocking and praying in tongues I didn't understand and they start rocking and praying until the power of God fell down and I didn't understand it all but it didn't take my mind long to learn something was going on I remember the night those lamps took me to Brother Simmons' house. He had cancer in his body, and his legs had swollen. It was absolutely the most painful thing I'd ever seen a man endure. That night, those lamps started praying for that sick man and his bed at his house. I watched his legs shrink, and I watched the fever leave him, and I watched when the doctor said, we don't know how to tell you this, but you don't have to." Cancer anymore in your body. I've come to tell Faith Assembly stay in a room with a bunch of lamps that are on fire. <laughs> lamps. Keep the fire. Don't let anybody. What's the alternative? I don't know about fire. The alternative is sitting in a dark room. <laughs> with no fire and no lamps. There's a lot of dark, and I'm not talking about the ambiance. I'm talking about there's a lot of spiritually dark rooms. And some of them have church on the sign. that didn't go over very well. (laughs) I've been in some of them where they have church on the sign, and you go in and there's no fire burning. I can tell you right now there's fire all over this house. Yeah, there is. There are some people nervous I'm talking about fire, but I'm telling you, I see it on some of you. Some of you got a prayer life. Some of you read your Bible. Some of you give sacrificially. Some of you come to church. Some of you really do love Jesus and you are on fire and religion can't blow it out and the devil can't blow it out and depression can't blow it out somebody begin to praise God for the fire and thank him that you're in a room full of lamps hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah I got people right now trying to figure it out. It's a room of revelation. Hear what Paul says to the church at Ephesus in the first chapter of Ephesians. He said, ever since I heard of you and your faith and your love for all the saints, I have not ceased to pray that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul never intended or supposed that the Christian journey was a mere mental ascent and some brainology that was absent of experience and revelation. Hear me. Revelation is not something you can get by reading more. Revelation is something you get when light comes on and reveals what has been hidden. How many ever read the Bible and then opened it up one day and read it by the Spirit? Isn't it amazing how something you've read all your life can say something and then you need it to say something and it begins to speak in a way to you it's never spoken before? This is a spirit of revelation. Wisdom and revelation. Wisdom is what you should know. Revelation is what you can't know unless the Holy Spirit makes it known to you. And it's a room where there is light all around. Illuminated. And then over in the corner, there's this dude. Good old Eutychus, what a name. Never mind. Okay. Just me. All right. Eutychus is in the text, but carefully, pay careful attention to what he's doing. Eutychus is supposed to be in a room with fire and light. He's supposed to be in a room of revelation and receptivity, but he's not sitting all the way in the room. He's in a window. Read the text sitting in a window the window is the only place in the room you can experience what's going on in the room and what's going on outside he's supposed to be on fire he's supposed to be a lamp i feel like reinhard bonnke He's supposed to be on fire. He's supposed to be a reservoir of oil that is burning with fire and illuminated by the Holy Spirit. The apostle is in the room. The poor is happening. The glory of the Lord is there. And instead of being all in the room, he's half in. Half in the room, half out. He's in the window. And there are too many people in the kingdom sitting in the window in the season we're living in. Well, it's all downhill from here. (laughs) I came tonight to get Eutychus. I came tonight to talk to somebody who's in the room on Sunday. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. And Monday you're in another room. Ooh, here we go, Wallace, start meddling. You're talking tongues on Sunday. You're talking something else on Monday. You're hanging with the lamps on Sunday. You're hanging with the losers on Monday. We don't preach like this anymore in the church. Holiness. Well, we're a little we're a little nervous. If we talk to him about living completely all in, we'll offend him. We have an we have a church generation that is offended at the stuff that we ought to be able to easily get over, and then we don't get offended over things that ought to make God broken I learned a long time ago, I'm not going to please everyone if I please Jesus. And I want to tell you this right now. You should be thankful every time your pastor, and I know he does, you should be thankful every time he preaches a truth that presents conviction to your heart. Well, I don't want to be convicted. I want to be everybody's friend. You need to stop sleeping around. I forgot where I was, I'm sorry. I thought I was in Chattanooga and quickly recognized I'm in Orlando. But the fact remains that people who belong to him should come out from among the world and be a separate people. And I want to tell you right now there is mercy and grace and love and forgiveness, but grace is not a license for you and I to continue in sinful living. Grace doesn't just rescue me from sin. Grace breaks the power of sin's dominion over my life and grace sets me free. Grace made us a new creation. Where sin does abound, grace much more about we're sitting in a window here's the problem wow I said here's the problem and I looked at the clock and it said 9 11 here's the issue the issue is this when you sit in the window it's not that you disregard the fire And it's not that you walk in proper fear of the dark. When you sit in the window, it's a place of deception. Because when you sit in the window, what happens to Eutychus begins to happen to you. And the problem for Eutychus is he doesn't even know what's happening. It does not say he fell asleep. It said he sank. How many know what sinking into sleep looks like? Okay, some of you don't know, so let me tell you how it goes, because I just found this out at a movie theater. (laughs) True story. So my wife comes to me, she said, Kev, let's go see this movie. Uh, We're going to go see, uh, it was Spider-Man. And I said, oh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. So we take our kids, and we go, and everybody's excited, and she takes me into this movie theater that I've not been in before to watch Spider-Man. And we sit down in this chair. And it's all like this, it's beautiful, it's lit, and they're giving all the commercials. And then all of a sudden, when the movie comes on, the lights go dim. All of a sudden, y'all, I look down at the chair, there are buttons on the chair. (laughs) Deb, what are the buttons? My wife, they recline. (laughs) Who does this? (laughs) Brought me to a movie theater with a recliner? You're kidding me. So I hit the button. And I start going back and it gets dark and Spider-Man comes on. First five minutes, I am all in. Popcorn, Coke, I see. Kids are like, this is gonna be a great movie. I'm great, five minutes in. Six minutes in. Eight minutes in. 10 minutes in, 12 minutes in, she slaps me in the middle of the first part of the movie, she slaps me, you are so embarrassing, I cannot believe you did this to our family, you are in here snoring, and everyone is looking at you, and I looked at her and said, you bought a ticket to a Why did I go to sleep? Was I really tired? No, but the darkness messed with my rhythm. I'm getting ready to take you out of doctor's biology school right now. You don't know this, but you're looking at a semi-biologist. Just a semi. Everyone say circadian circadian rhythm. Every one of you in this room have a circadian rhythm. You don't have to tell it anything. You don't have to program it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't even think about it. But you have a circadian rhythm because God put it in you. And here's how it goes. Your circadian rhythm in the morning begins to activate and wake you up when sunlight hits the back of your closed eyelids. This is why my daughter Judah wanted a sunrise alarm clock for Christmas last year. Bizarre. I said, why do you want an alarm clock that, that puts light in the room? She goes, it wakes you up gently. <laughs> Where in the world was that when I was a teenager? My mama like screamed. Get up! I'm like, okay, my God, it's Armageddon. I mean, come on. <laughs> Judah's... Judah's little light dimly comes on, and then it gets stronger, and the light gets brighter and brighter until it wakes her system. But why? Because your body is created with a circadian rhythm. Listen carefully. When light hits the back of your eyelid, it sends a message to the base of your brain at a place called the medulla oblongata, and it tells your brain to secrete and release endorphins and all kinds of chemicals in your body, and it stimulates your blood pressure, and it makes your heart rate speed up, and you begin to wake up. And at nighttime when the sun sets do you know what happened when darkness hits the back of your eyelid? It touches the base of your brain at a place called the medulla oblongata and at the medulla oblongata It tells your body to release melatonin and guess what happens in a few minutes? <sighs> and you don't just close your eyes and go to sleep like that you sink Into sleep and here is Utica's problem He's in a room where there is light But he is exposing himself to darkness that makes his sleep beyond his control. Here's what I want to tell you about darkness. The enemy wants you to think you can manage darkness. But darkness will eat your lunch. You are not children of the dark. You are children of the light. And I am wrapping up, but let me tell you what we've begun to do in today's church. We teach sin management. And old saints used to tell me sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay and make you pay more than you thought you would have to pay. Hear me, hanging out in the middle is not safe. It's not even cool. Christianity works when you're all in. Eutychus is sitting in a window between light and dark, between the fire and the foolishness of the world. And what he doesn't know is that although the light is burning on the inside, the darkness is getting darker. Paul preached till midnight. And it's dark outside. That darkness has a seducing, deceitful effect on the body of Eutychus. And he sinks into sleep. And here's what I want to tell you. Darkness, not, you can not only not control the darkness, you also don't get to control the fall when you fall. Help me, Holy Spirit. He didn't think he was going to fall asleep. He just thought, I'll sit in the middle. And when he fell asleep, no one thinks I'm going to fall three stories. How does this story even make it into the Bible? People have, for generations, said Paul preached too long. Paul doesn't preach too long. The dude goes to sleep because it's dark on the outside. And what happens? He falls. Three stories. I so bad wanna get on the floor, but I know it's dark, so I'll stay here. Hear me. When the boy falls out of the window of a third story building, he hits the ground and the apostle is faced with a decision. Do I sit up here and finish my sermon or do I go down and rescue him? And I came for someone who failed. Someone who sat in the window and shouldn't have. Someone who knows you did wrong. And the devil's been eating your lunch over the mistake you made. Somehow you lost control of the sleep and lost control of the fall and you fail and life is a mess. And you've wondered, does anybody know I'm out in this street dying? I want to tell you that a true apostle doesn't finish the sermon. A true apostle comes down off the pulpit to rescue the one who fell down. I got the sense when I walked into this room, this is a house of rescue. And if I might be so bold to prophesy in a place I've never preached before, I felt like it was going to be a room of rescue for young ladies and young men who've had their fall and want to get back up again but religion wait religion has kept preachers preaching instead of rescuing the fallen so everybody sees the dude fall and they're all up in the third floor going oh my god he's dead he's dead he's dead and paul gets down on top of the boy and says, y'all chill, he's still got life in him. Don't worry yourself. Look at somebody, tell your neighbor, don't worry yourself. <laughs> i know y'all look at the young folk in today's generation and you think oh my god they are so crazy i mean they do some crazy mess yes there are some crazy people in a crazy young generation but i'm gonna tell you not the devil don't have the only crazy people god has some crazy young people yeah they may have fallen but they still got a future i wish i could find me some help right there i'm telling you i'm in a room with somebody tonight who said pastor wallace i have fallen down yeah you fell down but i came to you it's time for getting up you cannot stay in the road you have a future touch somebody right now we're ready to de- deal with this but look at somebody tell them neighbor you got a future tell everybody in your zip code you got a future i don't care what you did i don't care how far you fell i don't care what the devil told you about your past the next time the devil tells you about your past point him to his future and remind the devil that jesus is alive how many know that god is a god of rescue Stand with me. I'm through. Stand with me. I'm through. Paul comes down out of his pulpit on his third story and he walks down three flights of steps because the boy fell down three stories. And you know, three stories sounds real bad, but I remember a story about a man who was dead for three days. they put him in a tomb they crucified him on a cross they wrapped him up in grave clothes and for three days hell had a party for three days hell said we did it for three days the devil said I'm the champion but I got news for you Sunday's coming and the same spirit that raised Jesus up is the same Holy Spirit getting ready to raise you up out of that place that you have fallen into I need somebody to let out 10 seconds of praise that God is in this room tonight God is in this room tonight to rescue a generation shout all over the church I need some mamas and some grandmamas to shout for your children and your grandchildren oh. He came down and got on top of the boy and whenever he got through praying, Paul is the only one who could say he's not dead yet. Why? Nobody else got close enough to the corpse to hear the heart start beating again. Religious people will stay on the third floor and they'll tell you yeah he fell down poor thing he's dead religious people will stay on the third floor yeah she made a mess of her life she got with that boy and he got crazy and she lost everything religious people will stay on the third floor but true apost- apostolic people will come down out of the floor and they will get down in the road where you fell down and I want to tell you I came to tell you that this generation that people have given up on God has not given up on that's a heartbeat and there's still a purpose and there is still a future somebody shout it's not over i need you to get some young people on your mind and say it's not over Woo. somebody said what does that mean in the greek it means Whoa. He gets up. You know what's crazy about this text, y'all? Paul finished his sermon. Can I tell you something? It's not an interruption to go on a rescue. Everybody's like, oh my God, we gotta go get people. We gotta rescue them. I don't get to finish my sermon. Yeah, you do, just chill out. Go get them and rescue them, and then you can go back and just finish what you started. I got one scripture left for you and I'm out of here. But I'm about to open this altar for people who need to be rescued. I came for Eutychus who has fallen and I came to stop somebody sitting in a window. Before you fall, hear the word of the Lord from Jude 24. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Y'all that was better than that. Come on, look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, "Uh uh-huh, he is able. Come on, tell him like you love him. In fact, some of y'all ain't shaking nobody's hand all night long. Shake hands with three people right now and tell your neighbors. Tell them he's able. Come on, tell them he's able able to keep you from falling. He's able to keep you from losing it all. He's able to keep you from losing your mind. He's able to keep you from falling into sin. He is able to keep you from losing your marriage. He is able to keep you from falling. If you believe it, say yes. He's able. Let me help everybody understand something. You don't have to fall. You don't have to fall. Well, everybody in my family fell. We'll break the record. well you know all my friends are falling yeah and that's why I came to preach and tell you you better get some new friends after the night some of y'all need to go home and purge your purge your phone book in your phone and get rid of that joker that keeps trying to tell you first of all he only got two teeth in his old head, a whole head and his cross eyed looking at you and he ain't got a job and plays video games 10 hours a day and you are all in all because he told you you were beautiful I tell you who else told you you were beautiful God said you are fearful wonderfully and wonderfully made. You don't need them jokers. You don't need them crazy people. God is about to connect you with a new friend, set because your friends will show me your future. I better quit because I feel boldness getting on me now. I feel at home right now. God's about to give some of your new friends. Because the friends you've been hanging out with been sitting in windows with you and God don't want you to fall. So the first group of people I want to pray for are people who don't want to fall. Throw your hands up right now. If you don't want to fall, throw your hands up. God, let us be all in the room let us be all in the kingdom let us be all in to what you're doing in this generation come on give him your heart afresh and anew I pray for everybody in this church that lifted their hands Jesus your word says in Jude 24 you are able to keep us from falling tonight we repent of sitting in windows we repent of following things that are taking us down a path that will lead us into unproductivity and destruction and tonight God we're making a U-turn and we're getting all in. I'm going to be all into the church. I'm going to be all into the kingdom. I'm going to be all into the vision of this house. I'm going to find a small group. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to have a prayer life. I'm going to have a giving life. I'm going to be all in. I'm not going to miss the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I'm all in. If that's you, give God shouts of praise all over this room right now. No, 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 no. Just clap, somebody open up your mouth and shout and say, that is me, I will be all in. So I pray that prayer in Jesus' name, keep them from falling. Intercept every plan of the devil. In the name of Jesus, break every lie off their mind let them come into the truth tonight I pray right now that yokes would be destroyed by the anointing God's going to help some of you not get into an affair, God's going to keep some of you out of the bed with somebody else God's going to keep you from getting into that corrupt business deal and you need to praise him that he's able to keep you from falling But if I just came for one tonight, I came for the one who fell. You fell. It wasn't a shortfall. It hurt. In fact, you felt like it took your life. And you've been wandering around in life for no purpose. You're breathing in the natural, but you're dead on the inside. I preached this message tonight and I knew when God told me to preach it it wasn't for the, everybody in the room. I'm sure God says something to everybody in the room. I pray that. But my assignment tonight was not for the masses. My assignment tonight for was that was for that one young lady, that one older man, that one teenager, that one person that lost it all and you fail and you know why you fail. We don't have to rehearse how it happened are you just hoping somebody would come by and say you can get up I came by tonight so that somebody would know you can get up yeah but pastor you don't know how far I've fallen no I don't but I know this the hand of the Lord is not too short that it cannot save I need some worshipers to throw up their hands before I open this altar. I need some worshipers to throw up their hands and start thanking God for amazing grace. Come on here, praise Him for 30 straight seconds for amazing grace. In fact, if you know what it feels like to be rescued, praise Him for amazing grace. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Uh-huh, that, was a, that was a filler praise, but somebody start thinking back to the drug habit he rescued you from and think back to the night he kept you when you were driving drunk and you know you could have died think back to the night you were fooling everybody but you couldn't fool God and he rescued you oh, he rescued and if you're in this room tonight If you're in this room tonight and you have fallen and you need to get back up and you're ready to live the rest of your life for God's glory. The devil tells you that when you come to a moment like this, that people will look at you in shame and they will look at you in condemnation, but I'm going to tell you the devil is a liar. The Bible said that when the dude came back upstairs, everybody in the room got great joy and comfort. This room is not going to be a, I told you, that ain't this room. This room is going to celebrate, and we're getting ready to go buck wild and crazy for somebody who's coming home. (laughs) Heads bowed, eyes closed. If I preach to you and you fell, but you want to get up, lift your hand now. God bless you, bless you, bless you. My Lord, hands are up all over this room. if your hand is up or it should be without waiting on anybody else to move this is your moment to get up and i came down off this stage to meet you in this altar and to pray a prayer with you that god's going to hear and your life is never going to be the same one two three leave your seat come to the altar right now i'm getting up and i need people all over this room to help me praise god for them right now come on i'm getting up right now i'm getting up I'm getting up. I'm not dying in this street. I'm not staying in this road. I'm not for I am not forfeiting my future. I am getting up. How? I'm getting up. There's somebody trying to make your mind up. I'm telling you right now, it's time for you to get up. You will not die, you will live and declare the works of God. God is not through writing your story, and the devil doesn't hold the to your life god is the author and the finisher of your faith come on out of your seat come down here and say tonight by the grace of god i am getting up i am getting up i did it i don't deny it but i won't go back to it again oh my shy i feel the holy ghost i need some people praising god all over in the church all over in the church begin to thank him begin to thank him the altar starting to fill up come still coming come on sweet girl come on right here come on right here come on right here they're still coming they're still coming i need faith to go crazy i need faith to go crazy i need somebody to lift him up come on come on come on Hallelujah. oh we thank you for grace i came to shout because the devil is defeated i came to praise god because jesus is a savior Hallelujah. still coming somebody keep on praising him thank you for coming it's not too late come on you can get up come on bro come on I came down here tonight to tell somebody it's not over you can't give up you can get up now every in this room, begin to thank Jesus for His love and mercy. Come on, everybody, from the altar to the back row, everybody, begin to praise God for love and mercy. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I know this is an old song, but it's just what comes to me in these moments. Love lifted me. Love. Lifted me when nothing else could help, love lifted me. Come on, family. Love lifted Throw your hands on your heart and just sing that song. Come on. Sing. Love lifted me. I'm about to pray, but that third verse is in my spirit. It says, souls in danger, look above. Jesus will surely save. He will save you by his love out of the angry waves. Here's the good news. He's the master of the sea, willows his will obey. He your savior, oh, and he your savior wants to be be saved today. Everybody say, love lifted me. Come on, love lifted lift. me. Love lifted me. Come on, love lifted, love lifted me. me. When nothing else could help. When nothing else could help. Love, love lifted me. Oh, God's love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. When nothing else could help lifted me everyone that came to this altar take your neighbor's hand right now if i had 250 hands i'd hold every one of your hand but i don't i got two that person's hand you're holding reminds you you're not here by yourself And although you fell, you did not fall outside of the knowing of God. God, I pray tonight for everyone who came because they want to get back up. I thank you for the promise of your mercy and the promise of your grace. I thank you that you promise that when we turn our hearts to you, you have been waiting on us to come. There is there, therefore now no condemnation to those who come in Christ Jesus. And I break the voice of lying and condemnation off of you right now. I declare that that voice that is haunting you is not going to hold you and it's not going to have your future. I break the power of hopelessness off of your mind. I break the spirit of shame off of you now in the name of Jesus I declare that no one can lay a charge against those who belong to God I thank you that the blood of Jesus still saves sets free and delivers and if the blood of bulls and goats and the sprinkling of the ashes of a heifer can sanctify to the purifying of the flesh how much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot before God purge your conscience from dead works so that you may serve the living God you will not be a slave another day in your mind today you are coming into sonship and daughtership and when the prodigal comes home I don't care what the elder brother says the father is the one that I'm looking at because the Bible said the father got a fatted calf put a ring on his finger shoes on his feet and a robe on his back hey we came to have a party for everyone who's getting up tonight it's not time to bury you it's time to believe that your best is still yet to come I need a shout to pierce this atmosphere somebody say the best say it like you believe it say the best is yet to come pastor Johnny is coming but I want to do this right now I want to do this right now for everyone who came to this altar. About three weeks ago, I was in my prayer time and the Lord speak to, spoke to me and he said, I'm going to break things off that hinder. And I said, okay, God, because we say words like hinder in the church all the time. But God said, I want you to go look at that word hinder. And I began to study the etymology of the word hinder. And hinder, how many ever had a hindrance? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I know that sounds spiritual, but anything, anybody in here ever experienced something that tried to hinder you? Okay, the word hindrance was created to describe something that came up from behind, hind, hinder, hind. It's where the word hindrance comes from. Something comes from behind and tries to hold you back from moving forward. I said, God, what are you trying to show me? He said that there are people in the body of Christ who can't go forward because of hindrances, hindrances that are in their past that reach up and try to pull on them and keep them from their future. I said, God, what do we do with hindrances? He said, tell them to do what Paul did in Philippians chapter three, forgetting those things which are be high and come on family I press on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God which is in Christ Jesus listen everybody in here's got a past you ready for this every Christian has a past and every sinner has a future I need someone to praise God that what's in the past cannot keep you. All of y'all help me praise him right now. If you believe you still have a future, go to praising God right now. I need everyone to help me praise God that we may have a past, but we still have a purpose. And the best is still yet to come. Somebody lift up a shout all over the church.
0: So, so sometimes with a, a word like that, um, we would feel like hear, we, we feel like hearing it is, is the goal. And uh, hearing a word like that is not the goal. It's getting a word like that, that is a revelation word from God for us right now. It's getting that inside of us. That's the goal. is us, us living it. Uh, and so I want us to do something. We're getting ready to celebrate in just a moment, but I want you to put your hand over your heart. And I can't get that image out of my mind, out of my spirit, of Paul coming down those stairs to bring that young man's life back to him. And that's what we're called to do. Faith assembly, we don't become that if you don't become that. And so I want you, I want you to give your life to God for that kind of ministry. It's the kind of ministry that happens all over the place. The book of Acts said that the Lord added to their number daily. This, this, this coming down those stairs for those people that are, have fallen, that's a daily experience for us. So I want you to put your hand over your heart. And we're going to pray that this becomes a part of our DNA as a church right now. Again, it doesn't if it doesn't become a part of yours. You are faith. You are the church.
1: I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.